Hello everyone, something a little different this week, we were not able to record, so we thought it would be fun to do a little flashback. This is our very first Why Do They Call It That episode, and I can't believe looking at this date, it's from January of 2021, and it could be the first time you're hearing this, which is exciting for two reasons. One, it's jam-packed with a lot of cool information, and two, since it's a few years old now, there's definitely going to be a few blasts from the past uh, within the episode. So here you go, our very first Why Do They Call It That episode. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the year for That Park Life Podcast. Yes, welcome. Happy New Year. That Park Life Podcast from us. Happy New Year. Happy yes. New Year. I think I just mispronounced <laughs> the name of this podcast, so you can go rewind and tell me if That's I actually... That, that Park Life Podcast. Something like well, that, I'm right? Beth and this is Greg. Yeah, I don't know. Hey. We're here. We're still here, guys. Look, yes. it's 2021. We made it. Would you believe that at the end of next month, we will have been doing this for two years? <laughs> Would you Isn't that believe nuts? they put a man on the moon? <laughs> um, yeah, two years. That's insane. Two years. I, think, I feel like Doug and I were talking about that. He was like, you're coming up on two years with that. Yeah, nuts. Man, so, you've been um, hanging in there. I feel like I've had I had a great day today, which I want to tell everyone about because they're all Disney things. And I feel like I've been able to accomplish lots of Disney things. I crossed a lot of stuff off my Disney bucket lists um, over okay. the past like uh, week or so, since especially yeah. since you and I last talked. So I want to talk mm-hmm. about my stay at Art of Animation. I want to talk about how I closed down a park. I want to talk about just very briefly my time at Hollywood Studios today before we get into our uh, why do they call it that, which I'm excited about because I, didn't, I think of that I don't know why. <laughs> Y'all, I just said, <laughs> I was like, I don't know why, but when I read that, that's all I think of is that old country song. It's like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Some of you are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And others are like, mm-hmm, girl, I remember that. I've heard Listen, it, but like, I don't know. Before you it. get into your whole spiel, yeah. I want to talk about... Um, the one Disney thing that I've done, and okay. that is watch Soul on yeah. Disney Plus. Have you watched it? Yeah, did you cry? Um, cried my eyes out. Mm-hmm. I was like totally fine up until the very end, and then it was like. <laughs> 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 so, um, it's super good. I heard that they're already trying to cancel culture it, but it's no, okay. It's fine. It is what it is. I thought it was super cute. Yeah. Um, there was a good message behind it. Um, yes. in the long run or whatever. They're selling masks here, face masks with the uh, like that rainbow like holographic looking bunny is it a bunny that is in the movie for like half a second it's no, like it's the, a there's a cat oh it's like, a cat sorry i meant to say cat not a bunny yeah, but yes. i said to him i was like they have all this merch yeah based around the stinking cat ghost yeah and you literally see the ghost for a second yes that's it like, but that it looks cool no, I, I don't know yeah it just made no sense to me but Okay, did you cry? Because I know you're not really a crier. I, I, well, emotions are high right now. So, okay, so yes. Yeah, that's true. That's but true. Pixar movies, generally speaking, yeah, like the first 10 minutes of up. Know, yeah. I just like, really know how to get you in the feels. They, they They're like, you. oh, you haven't cried yet? Let me give you something else to yeah, cry about at the this. very end. Oh, you finally got over the year 2020? Here's a movie for yeah. you. Boom. I'm really excited about our topic today, the why do they call it that? Because we've done a bunch of deep dive episodes before, but some things just don't get covered because, like, it's not an attraction. Or it's like a restaurant or, you know, it's kind of like a small little nugget of something. And 
Um, I happened to be in Hollywood Studios today, the day we record this, and I just was staring at some of the things we're going to be talking about today, and it and yeah. it made me even more excited. So it's kind of like a mini like Keys to the Kingdom tour because yeah. you find out why a lot of things are named what they are on yeah. that. So and I love this idea. I'm excited. Some things are obvious because like the Emporium on Main Street doesn't necessarily have a Disney tie, but the word Emporium just means like a shop full of like stuff, yeah. right? And in looking, yeah. I just was curious, and there's a whole backstory there, but that's like an example of what we're talking about today. So Disney names things a certain thing. So I figured it'd be cool to, to deep dive into, or at least dive into why those names and why some things are called yeah. what they are. So, oh my gosh, side note, this is like totally side note, but yeah. just because of how Disney, we know how intentional they are about everything. Um, but we watched a video of like all the hidden things from Soul. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we were like, <laughs> this girl, I'm like, I I mean, it was like 61 things that she oh pulled gosh. out that were like, you know, specific Easter eggs from from the movie. I was like, my, my mind is blown. Oh, I got to watch it was that. Crazy. I mean, she literally had to have like done some stills and just like sat there and looked around Stare. at everything. And yeah. tried. it was crazy. All right. Um, you want to kick us off? I do. I'm going to start with I have two from Hollywood Studios, I believe. So I want to talk about those since I'm in a Hollywood Studios uh, frame of mind because I did Rise of Resistance okay. today and it's just as awesome as I remember it a year ago. <laughs> So, by the way, real quick, I was able to do the boarding pass from my bed. Woke up at 6.55 a.m., rolled over, whatever, and did my boarding pass at 7. Luckily, I got boarding group number 7, which is very lucky. It's a very low number. So, um, I'm... I don't know, like, maybe 15 miles from Disney property or less, depending on... Then did you have to, like, get up and go? Well, that's the thing. They called me... um, They they notified me at 8.40 that my group is being called. I was in the... I was walking toward the temperature check at that point. I was like, oh, my God, I got to get in there. But you have until okay. at that this particular scenario, they told me I had until ten to get in there. So, okay, you know, um, I had yeah. more than enough time. But um, if you can get there early and you are a group, get there early because there was no one behind me. I didn't even wait. I walked directly into the first pre-show, and yeah. there was I was the only person on my ride vehicle. And of the four ride vehicles, two of them were empty. So I had a great experience. Anyway, cool. Um, let's talk about Dinosaur Gertie's Ice Cream of Extinction, which is the full title, or maybe more yeah. uh, lovingly called Gertie. By the way. There is a sign, I learned today, a sign outside of Gertie that explains everything I'm about to say. So you may already know this, but if you've never seen it, because it's really easy to just walk right on by, um, mm-hmm. it is, if you, if you don't already know, it is counter service ice cream. They have the soft serve and let's, you know, like the premium bar and the or and the uh, cookies and cream sandwich. But the name Gertie is not random. It is an actual character that exists outside of Disney. The dinosaur itself and, and um, naming it Gertie is a tribute to a vaudevillian actor who created Gertie as an addition to a show. At the time, it was the first projected cartoon before the multi-plane cameras were a thing, which is like Disney Disney animation was like all about the multi-plane cameras. Um, at that time, yeah. it took 1,400 drawings on rice paper to give the illusion that this guy in real life was interacting with the animated Gertie. So all oh. of that, all the that entire animation process was considered to be an inspiration for Walt himself and his future works. So um, they decided to dedicate Gertie the Dinosaur in memory of this, of that of the person's work and how animation plays such an important role in Walt's life. But I do want to mention something as a side note, that Gertie itself is an example of an architectural style known as California crazy, which I just think is an interesting thing. So it's a real thing. It's basically um, reminiscent of a roadside attraction you'd see the kind yeah. of that started in the 1920s and 30s and up through now because some of them have lasted that long in Southern California. Um, and the whole Echo Lake area does that. So even the Dockside yeah. Diner, that's also considered to be 
California crazy. California crazy. I don't know why, but for some reason, when I see Gertie, I like connect it to, I think it's called The Wizard. I don't know. The video game. Remember the video game movie from like the 80s? No, honestly, I don't. 1989. Fred um, Savage. You've never seen this movie? No, I haven't. Yeah, seen you it. don't remember the movie? I don't think I've seen it. The Wizard. I felt like there was something with like a California, like where they like, there was a roadside dinosaur or something. Somebody's probably listening like, yes, but I'm like, I can't remember. I'll have to find it, but if we find it, I don't we'll know why it. that's what Gertie reminds me of. <laughs> um, I don't think I have anything in. Oh, wait, I do have one in Hollywood Studios. Okay. So one of the things was the celebrity five and 10. And so, you know, like a five and 10 store was like what we call the five and dime. Yeah. Uh, so they were still very popular in the 50s. And obviously there's a lot of 50s culture in Hollywood Studios because it's like old Hollywood. Um, the five and dime was originally from like the late 1800s like 1890s, but it, they were still very popular back then. So I'm assuming it's the Celebrity 5 and 10 because it's like the Celebrity 5 and Dime. It mm -hmm. was like the 5 and 10, 5 and Dime. It's one of those phrases that like the 5 and Dime concept um, just kind of disappeared, but it comes around every Christmas because it's in Christmas songs talking about how the 5 and yeah. Dimes are decorated for Christmas. And right. um, I was looking around today on Hollywood Boulevard and Hollywood Studios and sure enough, like it's got like the big celebrity, you know, 5 and 10 symbol, to, you know, that's the name of the store. Mm -hmm. But up above that, is another sign up there that lets you know there's parking for the five and dime. So like it's all over the place. You just kind of have to have to look around. Yeah. So not a, not a coincidence, not a not a random thing. Because I'm sure they're going for like that old Hollywood charm, and it's supposed to be from like that time. I love from that it's time. Like my favorite. Yeah. Hope that so doesn't good. really hope that doesn't change. Um, I have one last one other thing in um Hollywood Studios, and this is something new. And I want to preface this with. This is not official Disney canon, meaning this is not written on the Disney website. This is not, I couldn't right. find this on any like backstage Disney literature about this. Maybe someone who works there can correct me. But um, I just was f trying to figure out why the Baseline Tap House is called Baseline Tap House. So Tap House makes sense because they sell drinks, right? Like that part's easy. But why Baseline? Yeah. I do want to mention how Disney describes this establishment because it'll mm -hmm. kind of tell you why I went off on this like tangent about the baseline tap house. Okay, so officially from Disney, among the bustling office and warehouse exteriors is a charming little brick building fizzing with character. The interior aesthetics pay homage to the Figueroa Printing Company, a mom and pop print house that once enjoyed a flourishing partnership with Disney Studios. And I was like, okay, that's not random, right? That's the story they came yeah. up with. This place used to be a, uh, a printing company. So I went and looking up what the word baseline actually means. There's a couple of different definitions of what baseline. But I figured, why did Disney use it? And of all of the meanings and connotations, one that stood out was in typography, a baseline refers to the line on which most letters sit. So, for example, mm -hmm. it's most letters, but there are ones that dip down below it, like a lowercase g or a j or a p or a right. q or a y. Those are the ones. I think they're called descenders, I want to say. And ascenders are the ones that go up above, like, the, the kind of norm there. So, right. if you um, look at the logo for Baseline Tap House, and I'm going to post a photo of you don't know what it looks like in our story as this episode airs, um, the actual name Baseline is um, all letters are different fonts. In other words, they look like stamps that would be used at a print house. Right. So, um, so like basically like things you plug into huh. a typewriter to, to be able to type different right. um, fonts or if on a printing press or whatever they would use in the, I mean, this was supposed to be in like the 
early, I don't know what decade I think maybe, but certainly earlier on before like the digitization of printing and stuff. Right. So it's not a random thing. It is, I'm guessing that it was meant to be about the baseline in typography because they also show all those types of letters going up and down and stuff. And I thought that's got to be what it is. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So if you want to nerd out on someone, you can talk about typography and baselines with them. And they sell pretzels and beer. So there you go. Old snacks. Have you listened to the music? I think we've talked about this before, but today I was there walking around trying to get some pictures and it's whatever soundtrack or like whatever playlist they use, it's like the baby making versions of those songs. It's like you can definitely light some candles and put on the background music of that. Yes. Yeah. You're like, okay. (laughs) Okay. So which park do you want to move to next? You tell me whatever you want. Let's do Magic Kingdom. All right. Let's do it up. Um, I will start with Madame Leota. The name comes from Leota Tombs, which I think is funny that her name was Tombs, like mm-hmm. T-O-O-M-B-S. Um, she worked in the modeling department um, in Disneyland. So she was a cast member in Disneyland, California at the time when they were creating the Haunted Mansion. And so she is the one that they brought in to... She's the face, isn't she? Yeah, Walt walked up to her and was like, I think you have a great, a great face for... For the haunted yeah, for mansion. like what I'm. Yes. Yeah, for what I'm doing for the haunted mansion, which is a real but it's, slam. I can't remember, but it's not her voice, right? It's a different person's it's voice. It's not her voice, no. It's not her voice, but it is her face. Yes. Um, and then the interesting thing that I found, so that's when it became Madame Leota, because if if you've like done any kind of research on the haunted mansion, like almost everything in the haunted mansion is after like somebody who worked on it. Yeah. Um, but her daughter works for Disney mm-hmm. Disneyland now. Like she's like one of the higher ups. Like she's yes. got a big time job. Um, and when they redid some stuff for the Haunted Mansion, they actually used her face for the update. Yes. And she looks like just like her mom. Oh, yeah. So it, it's pretty cool that they actually asked her to come in and use her name, too. So she's like Madame Leota's, you know, child. Although it's not Leota's voice for Madame Leota, they do use Leota's voice at the end with the bride that says, remember yes. to bring your death her certificate. Back. Yes. That, yeah, that is so that her. is the voice. It's almost like she had a good face for it, but not a good voice for it. Yes. They needed somebody with like a deeper voice. Which makes sense. Like I get that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I we... don't know whether she took that as a compliment or not. <laughs> I think like if you watch the um, that Imagineering story, they talk about that too. And it, like, you know, they kind of make light about how you might be insulted, but he didn't mean it like that. He just thought like some, right. some people's, car- you know, facial characteristics yeah. fit a certain vibe and maybe hers did. And it, mm-hmm. I mean, it does, right? She looks, whatever oh, Madame yeah. Leota became looks, looks cool. So, it's crazy to think of all the things too that like all the merchandise that has been made with like that face. Like I, like being her child, I would be like, that's just that's like my mom's face. Yeah. Like it's just weird. And it's her to name too. It's you know, it's right. name and face. Yeah. Yeah. Are you saying you wouldn't want to have like a Beth figure? Oh no. Be... It would be a Sh- it would be Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> but still spoiler like... alert. My yeah. real name is Shirley. Yes. Um and yeah, it would be like a Shirley. So something. you're saying that <laughs> Madam <I'm>... Shirley, <laughs> Madam Shirley sounds like a, a like a no one will go to her prostitute. By the yeah. way, <laughs> um, I don't know how how have I, so you know. I guess I've never thought of it that way, Greg. <laughs> you're welcome. So I obviously know that Beth is not like your your it's your middle name, right? So it's based on your middle name because it's really Elizabeth, correct? Yeah. Right. So anyway, I so I have always wanted to do a surely you can't be serious joke with you, but like no one will get it because no one knows, but not people know. Right. So in the future, when I say that, people will know what I'm talking about. Anyway. And let's... then and if you don't know, it means you don't listen to our podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, and of course, that's a reference to Airplane, probably my all-time favorite movie of all time, even though I just said that the word all-time. Not... Another thing that will never not be funny. Yes. So. Um, okay. So let's stay with the Haunted Mansion. Man- 
haunted let's mansion. stay with the haunted mansion That's vibe let's stay with the haunted mansion vibe for a moment because i want to talk about memento mori and mm. there turns out there's a lot of stuff about the phrase memento mori that i didn't know about until this yeah. So if you don't know, that's the retail shop that is, you know, that sells the Haunted Mansion stuff that sits between the Haunted Mansion and like the Columbia Harbor House area. Right? They used to sell like home goods in there, like, I don't know, soaps and aprons. I don't even know what, but there was other things. And I think they sold like jams and stuff. Right. Anyway, the phrase itself, Memento Mori, is said to have originated from an ancient Roman tradition. The tradition itself is maybe a little odd and definitely wouldn't fly today, but um, it involved a person that would follow the victor of war in a parade to repeat the phrase to remind him of mortality because the phrase itself means, remember, you must die. Mm -hmm. So although it sounds morbid, they tended yeah. to use it as a as a like a grounding thing to remind them that, okay, you're mortal, like this is gonna end. So the right. phrase that this person would say at the end of the parade, the full thing would translate to look behind, Remember thou art mortal. Remember you must die. So although you just won this big war, you going you gonna die. So that was the whole point. So the the concept might be kind of like a lot like, well, how does this like tie into an opening day attraction at yeah. Disney World, right? Like especially a gift shop of all things. But um since back then and even through now, people have used the phrase as an inspiration instead of it being a big bummer. Queen Victoria herself wore a memento uh maury ring to keep her grounded and to live a life um full before death inevitably comes because we all know we're gonna we gonna die one day i right? know when i hear it I th all i think of is one i'm pretty sure it's used in one of the prayers for boondock saints which is okay. like one of my favorite movies um before they like kill people they would like say this prayer i'm pretty sure it's using that uh and two if you are a fan of markiplier like on youtube um they did a whole channel it was called Unis Honest. And the whole idea was they did this for a year. So they released, hmm. it was him hmm. and this other guy. They released a, a video every single day for an entire year. And then literally when that year was done, they deleted all of it. And oh it happened goodness. like, you know, like a month ago. Huh. And so one of their like themes was Unis Honest, like Memento Mori. Like yeah. this is meaning it's, like this will end, end and it's yeah. going to all be deleted. So yes, that's what I think about. So the Queen Victoria had her ring, coins and medallions with the phrase Memento Mori have been imprinted on them and people keep it in their pockets as reminders like, mm -hmm. okay, I am going to expire one day. I want to make sure that I'm using this time wisely and I'm not just kind of like, you know, taking it for granted kind of a thing. So more recently, Steve Jobs, like obviously before he passed away, was speaking about his own mortality. And I just want to share this quote with him because I think it's important. Um, he said, remembering that you were going to die is the best way I know to avoid the trap of thinking you have something to lose. You are already mm -hmm. naked. There is no reason not to follow your heart. I thought like, whew. Wow, you can, wow Greg. Yeah. I guess we can like end, end the episode yeah. and uh, you can follow us on Instagram at... <laughs> <laughs> um, so I thought like, okay, if you can squeeze that out of the memento mori medallion that maybe he kept or yeah. a ring or just a phrase in general, um, I think it's kind of a cool thing. So imagine one attraction in Magic Kingdom that takes death less of as a bummer, less of it as a bummer and more as like a celebration, so to speak. Magic Kingdom, yeah. I mean, Haunted Mansion is that attraction. So like... Yeah. It's not random. It's definitely a phrase that has existed for a long time that has like kind of like a, a shroud around it, but it's certainly been turned into a more positive thing. And right. although this is not mentioned in the Disney sanctioned backstory of this particular shop, um, if you just 
kind of think about the history of the phrase, it's definitely not random because yeah. you're walking out of there with things that remind you of Haunted Mansion, kind of like to keep right. that in your mind. I think that's a really cool use of this old timey phrase. So what you're trying to say is Happy New Year, everyone. You're all going to die. You're all going to die. <laughs> all right. I'm going to talk about next. I'm going to talk about the Dapper Dance. You want to talk about the Dapper Dance? That's a great next thing to talk about after Memento Mori. Yes, please. After Memento Mori, we're going to talk about the Dapper Dance. Um, so the phrase Dapper Dan comes from a 1921 song that was written by Lou Brown and Albert Von Tilzer, who also wrote a popular song called The Girl in the Gilded Cage. And I want a girl just like the girl that married dear old dad. Which uh, <laughs> is weird. A.K.A. me mum. Yeah. Um, for all you UK people out there, it's me mum. But yeah, so it is... a like term that was coined from a 1921 song dapper men generally have i found this like list about like dapper men so it says yeah. dapper men generally have closely cut hair and often used a bit of oily hair tonic to hold it in place um and this was also a time when barbershop quartets were very popular so mm -hmm. they're very popular in the 1920s and um so you know when they were doing the theming and stuff of disneyland like this i mean because i feel like uh, Walt Disney loved quartets, like barbershop quartets. Yeah, that's like not? old school Americana, right? Like yeah, small like, town things. Yes. So it was only like fitting, I guess, for them to come out with the name like the Dapper Dans. And that's why they look the way that they look. Um, just like the kind of the theming of it. I thought that was interesting because I don't know. I was trying to think of like the time, but it was like 1920s. So, yeah. I mean, I guess when I think 20s, I think of like. <laughs> Depression. Flapper girls. Yeah. And yeah, like. What's the word I'm thinking of? The um, alcohol. Prohibition. Why can't I think of the prohibition? Yeah. Yeah. It's like why can't I think of that word? Um, but yeah, barbershop quartets were a big deal in the 20s as well. Yeah. So, makes there, sense. there was actually a pomade with the name Dapper Dan, and it had like an image of a clean cut guy, like you mentioned. That's what yeah. eventually referred to, it. and that be it just became like super popular in the 20s and 30s. So yeah. it all just ties together it's also for interesting to like look up the like how dapper has evolved like what the meaning of dapper is now yes. i like that so i just was googling a, like a modern day definition to see if there's anything in there that you didn't mention but like the an alternate thing is very spruce and stylish yeah. <laughs> spruce i guess i don't Which know what that means be very different today yes alert and there's like a rapper there's like a rapper out named dapper dan or something yes so i was looking at that okay. and i was like oh this is not the dapper dan i was i mean good for him yeah. keep yeah. doing your thing but not what i was looking for when i was curious yeah. about dapper dan's too I was like, this isn't what I'm looking for when I'm looking for stuff on that. I was um, like, I can't get it. He's like, it's a rapper. Another one here is alert and lively in movement and manners, which would make sense because those dapper dans are out there doing the little instruments and, and singing yeah. and, and whatnot. Ooh, Looking I'm, all good. I must be hungry because my stomach is wrong. I'm surprised the microphone isn't picking it up. It's and you're so like loud. you're eating snacks while we're recording. So I'm like, how are you still hungry? I'm just, I'm always hungry. <laughs> I can hear the air fryer going, by the way, y'all. Don't get, don't get excited. But, um. <laughs> Doug's he's like, are you hungry? I'm going to go ahead and make chicken. I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. The answer is always yes. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's uh, stay. Actually, I'm going to stay in the area for the last one I talked about because yeah. let's basically go across the street for Columbia Harbor House. I know it's not currently operating, but it is a thing and it will eventually be open one day. And of course, this is the quick service restaurant in Liberty Square. It's got a nautical theming, some seafood options, which are currently available at the Tomorrowland Terrace as this particular restaurant is not operating. Um, some early park maps refer to this restaurant as the Nantucket Harbor House or the New Bedford Harbor House or even the Montauk Harbor House, all like New England slash Long Island. All the harbor houses. All the harbor houses. But like, you know, it's like a New England nautical yeah. seafood business, whatever. But ultimately, they chose Columbia Harbor House. Um, it has a namesake 
over in Disneyland Park. Over at Disneyland Park, there is the Sailing Ship Columbia. That's one of the ships that takes you around Disneyland's Rivers of America and is still a part of Fantasmic and stuff. So it's 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 over there. It's still, once that park reopens, it's still in use. However, mm-hmm. that particular ship, the Sailing Ship Columbia, is actually a full-scale replica of the Columbia Rediviva, which is the first American ship to circumnavigate the globe. So not random. So this was, yeah. of course, like way, way back in the day, obviously, because it's the first American ship to circumnavigate yeah. the globe. So the Columbia Harbor House restaurant refers to the sailing ship Columbia Disneyland, and that right. is a full scale replica of the real thing, which is the first homage. boat to have it. Yeah, An so homage, it's, if you will. it's just like, See, it's like everything they do, it goes so deep. You're yes. like, oh my gosh, it's so deep. It when goes they could have so, just kept it in Nantucket. Yeah, so house. you went from the first American ship to circumnavigate the Earth to Greg's mm-hmm. sitting up eating deep fried chicken nuggets overlooking yeah. a new uh, overlooking Fantasyland. Yeah. Though you know what, though they would have been very proud of themselves having circumnavigated well, well, Jay, the Okay, I don't have anything else in Magic Kingdom. Okay, I have one more. Do you want me to do the last Magic Kingdom one, or do you want to come back to it? Yeah, go, yeah, go ahead and do okay. the last Magic Kingdom one, and then um, I think that there's only one in Epcot. All right, then. Uh, In that case, I'll finish us out in Magic Kingdom and talk about Splash Mountain real quick. And this is one of those like kind of unofficial, but like enough enough people have talked about it to where I think it's actually true. And I read up on it quite a bit. So it's actual. It's satisfactional. In fact, everything is satisfactional. (laughs) So we know Splash Mountain was in Disneyland first. It opened up in Mm -hmm. 1989 there. Um, and in the development stages, it was to be named the Zippity River Run. Of course, it has become Splash Mountain. But um, turns out the hill itself, like when you're looking at the attraction, the thing with like the hill, like the little half log sticking out, that has a name. It is the Chickapin Hill. That was what it was called in the film Song of the South. That wasn't something created for the attraction. And in the movie, that's where Br'er Bear and Br'er Fox live. So that's where all of this came from. And we know that Eventually, they wanted to have a river run type ride, and they brought in the the Song of the South to give it its theming, whatever. Despite all of that, it became Splash Mountain because, as legend has it, then-CEO Michael Eisner wanted to use the attraction to promote the movie Splash, starring Tom Hanks. But the movie came out in 1984. It was a Touchstone Pictures movie, a.k.a. by extension a Disney movie, right? It was one of the studios that Disney owned. And um, so the movie came out in 84. I guess it did like mediocre in the box office. So they were looking to kind of promote a little bit at the time. Wait, have you seen that movie? Oh, like I love that movie. Oh, you do love it? I've never seen it. Oh, yeah. I grew up watching it like all the time. Gosh, maybe I should You've never seen it? I have not seen it, no. Oh, yeah. You need to see it. Maybe I'll watch it. It's like one of Eugene Levy's like great movies from back in the 80s. Okay, I'll check it out. So, um, you know, this was something that has been said and basically the suggestion to use this attraction to help promote Splash was kind of like laughed at by a lot of people where they were like... Didn't they kind of have the same logo? Look up the movie poster for Splash. I love doing it. Doing it right now. It legit looks just like Splash Mountain. All right, Splash movie poster. We got the word Splash with like some little like flecks of water. Right, like kind of coming yeah. out of it. So now let me look at Splash. Let me look at Splash Mountain. Oh, yeah, that's that's yeah. pretty close. Especially the sign that says everything is satisfactual with like the little things of water like booping yeah. out of there. Yeah, that's yeah, it's uh, like the same font. Yeah, that's interesting. So yeah, so although um, you would probably never know going on the attraction that this has anything to do with that movie, mostly because it really doesn't, other than the name. 
Um, it does. And that's maybe, and maybe they were kind of like, okay, that's a terrible idea. But the word Splash Mountain makes sense because that's what's happening on the attraction. So that's right. where the name came from. For sure. Okay. So let's move on to Animal Kingdom. I've got a couple here. Um, and I think you, do you have one here or no. is it just me? I'm all set here. Okay. All right. So the two that I have, one is the Harambe. So you, there's like the Harambe market. And while a lot of people think that it's after the Harambe gorilla, um, RIP, <laughs> it's not. Um, Harambe is actually a Swahili name, which means working together or pulling together and helping each other, caring and sharing. So um, it's, yeah, it's comes from the Swahili name and you know how, like how great Disney is about theming. So they like to, to use a lot of the Swahili names. Yeah. Um, in that where we get Quaharini from Yes. on the uh, safari and, ride. And other things on that ride, yeah. So that's where the Harambe stuff comes from. So working together, pulling together, helping each other, caring and sharing. Did you I know that, was cool. that there is a song called Welcome to Harambe? Um, oh, yeah. Isn't it played in the parks? I don't know. I don't know if Burudika or any of them played it in, in Africa back when they were there. But I have, obviously, I brought it. I'm bringing it to you. So if you're curious yeah. to hear what the... Taking it to the streets. Oh, yeah, we are taking it to the streets. That's for the one person who likes my singing. You're welcome. <laughs> it's literally just the one person. No, I'm sure there's more. But um, here is the Welcome to Harambe. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but here's a little bit of okay. Welcome to Harambe. That, that gets in my head. That's so good. Uh, your immediate body shake uh, killed me. So what good. do you mean? That was that was Shakira. That wasn't me. <laughs> so good. Shakira, Shakira. Oh my gosh, love this. Oh, it's so still much. going. We are having a party. We're having a party in Harambe. We're having a party. Notice none of the song is in Swahili. No. Um, well, they say Jumbo. Yeah. Well, Jumbo. Um, okay. And then the last thing that I have was the Satuli Canteen, which. I kept thinking that Satuli was just like, I was like, yeah, it's like an avatar thing. It's, I thought um, it was Navi for something. Yeah. Like I had to do a lot of digging because okay. I kept thinking it was widely like a, a word that's used wisely. But the, the only thing that I could find was that it's actually a Navi word. Like you said, do oh. you know what it is? No. And did you already look at it? No, I really don't know. Uh, the Navi word actually means heritage. Oh. So I guess that's why like with the food and everything, how all of it's inspired by Navi culture it would make sense that they would use that word, Satuli. Okay. Uh, and the only way that I found it was because I actually found a Navi, like a website that has like all the Navi uh, language. language in it. Because, huh. yeah, it is like a complete, you know, it's a completely made up language. Yeah, made up for the films. Which is insane. If you think about, like, think about that. They made in, I mean, it's like Star Wars, right? Like yeah. they made these languages, complete languages for films. Nerd. Uh, yeah, I know. So anyway, so that's what it is. Satuli means heritage and Navi, and that's why the food is what it is there, and that's what it means. It's so good. That food is so good. Um, that food is good. I can't wait to do more of these. So I just like threw a bunch of things on a list, and I'm sure you can think of some, and I'm sure people listening to this are like, oh, I wonder why such and such is named that. So I'm sure there's going to be a part two of why do they call it that? Yeah, and if you think of some, like if there's some that you want to know, send them to us and we'll add them to our list for the next episode yeah. that we do it on. If you find anything that is oddly named, let us know. We'll do some research. 
Uh, we were talking earlier today as we recorded our episode for our Patreon account about dogs, a lot about our dogs. And what you might not know is over at World Traveler Training, you can get custom dog collars and cat collars too, but of course we happen to have dogs. Um, some of the designs available are Haunted Mansion inspired, Buzz Lightyear, Tangled, Steamboat Willie, and some other fun stuff, um, along with the key fobs we're talking about and some macrame key fobs. Fancy, fancy. Uh, don't forget to use special code that park life podcast and save yourself a little money. But enough about dog collars. Let's talk about some news. Yeah, what you got? Gorsh. Uh, the only <laughs> one that I have was just the news nugget about Gideon's Bakehouse that uh, they they didn't have an actual grand opening. They had a soft opening. But it turns out they were super busy and super crazy that they had to back up, basically. They had to close back down so they could fix a few things before they do their grand opening. But I mean, I heard it was quite the line. Yes, So definitely. I think they were a little overwhelmed with the soft opening and realized we haven't even reached our grand opening yet. <laughs> so we need to back up and change some things, especially for COVID, um, all of that stuff. So they are temporarily closed. And their face uh, Instagram just basically says like, that's what they're doing. They're trying to adjust some things before they have the grand opening and to keep an eye on their account so that, I mean, they're going to announce when they're going to reopen, but still. Yeah. Um, here's a little behind the scenes information for you. I do know you that Gideon's Bakehouse was planning an opening without a virtual queue, and they did, and it went terrible. And yeah. obviously, you know, they're operating at Disney Springs, and Disney came in and said, nope, y'all need to get yep. a, a, uh, a, mobile, get a mobile option. Digital. Digital. Yes. Yeah. And show enough. Um, I have a little nug as well, and this is um, similar in that it's baked goods and things you shouldn't be eating, but Everglazed Donuts is opening tomorrow, Hello. Wednesday. Um, and I know this. I don't know that they've officially announced it, but I know that because I, believe it or not, I'm going to the media preview. Hey, guys, have I made it yet now that I was invited? But to Podcast. Be, yes. Well, no, it's because uh, I have a friend who works there, and I got and I, he was able to give me his tickets. But, Greg, can you just let me dream? Yes. But I'm excited to go tomorrow, and... Um, the day, so the day this episode is airing, keep keep your eyes on our Instagram at that park Life podcast because I will be consuming a donut, taking lots of pictures and stuff, and, and bringing you all into Everglades Donuts over um, near Splitsville. And I'm hoping that it winds up being the answer, a more local answer to Voodoo Donuts, which we talked briefly about on our um, part two because we we're talking about donuts and stuff. And I found out they only bake their donuts at Voodoo Donuts at Universal two days a week. And Everglades Donuts Ooh. will be baking their donuts daily. And that's b that a big is, deal to me. That is not Krispy Kreme. That ain't no uh, Krispy what's your Kreme. Go Let me ask you this. What's your go-to donut? Like when you go to like Krispy Kreme, what's your go-to? I, I don't go to Krispy Kreme. <gasps> I know, I know, okay, I know. Any donut shop. But here's the thing. Someone brought in donuts um, on 4th of July, for 4th of July. And it was a, you know, a regular donut um, that had like, you know, the, the vanilla frosting on top that was obviously dyed to be like uh, America colors. But... Um, it was stuffed with strawberry frosting, and that was excellent. I love it when the donut has frosting on it, and then also and something in the middle of it. But it, it was still it was a, it was still a uh, circular donut with the hole in the middle, and still stuffed. I didn't know they did that. Oh, okay, yeah, so that's good. very interesting. God, I felt well, like I wanted Greg to vomit. Well, since doesn't go to Krispy Kreme because he hates himself, um, <laughs> I my go to is a chocolate glazed donut. That is like my ride or die. Yeah, you bring me a chocolate glazed donut, I will love you for life. Wow, so good. Or you know what? Or a hot now. If it's a hot now glazed donut from Krispy Kreme, like does that just mean it was made fresh? Um, hot I'm, now. I'm sorry. I'm just like my mind is blown that you're even. I'm asking just asking. Me that I don't know. You don't, okay, 
Um, I'm gonna school you for a second. Okay, please. You drive by and the sign says hot now. That means oh. they're literally making them where they will pull them off of the conveyor belt. Oh, see, that's a game changer. Um, and if you've never had them, Greg, like I- I'm not. There's like, one down the road from here. You need to do it. Ugh, like, I mean, I'll send you a coupon. Like, <laughs> you need to try them. The well, hot now will change your life. I've tried a lot of donuts in my life. Nothing has ever, ever, ever beat Krispy Kreme donuts. Okay. And I will um, take that to my grave. Whoever, yes. people who say they like Dunkin', it's just because they hate themselves. <laughs> Krispy Kreme <laughs> is where it's at. <laughs> some donuts at Dunkin' are good. I don't know if I like their plain ones, but I've had, like, again, like the, the no, Beth is just shaking her head. I'm not even going to continue. So, fine. You got it. You get once you once you try a hot and now donut from Krispy Kreme, your mind will be blown. I'm telling the, you. The joke is, I have to drive by a Krispy Kreme to get to Disney, so I guess I could just I mean, do that one day. Yeah, like seriously, just be like, you know <sighs> what? I'm not gonna have a peanut butter pie tonight. I'm gonna try a hot and now donut. I'm telling you. Okay, fine. Even if you just go in there and get like two of them, just it's sniff. worth it. Okay. Oh my gosh, I'm telling you. All right, I think I think I'm I'll fine. I'll try a Krispy Kreme donut. But until then, yeah, you will. Let's uh let's go back in time a little bit and talk about some Disney history. You want to go first? <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for my yeah, part. I was going to say part. you don't want to go first. You uh, just want to enjoy the music. I'm going. Ready? Yes. Okay, I'm going to go back to 1996. Okay. So we're talking in about Michael Eisner. Um, this is when he spoke to a group of Disney shareholders in New York. They discussed the plans for Animal Kingdom. Um, it was. They were also discussing Disney World's 25th anniversary and the Florida Community of Celebration. Oh, it's just crazy. I think that that was '96. Yeah. Uh, they also talked about Disney Cruise Lines and the Capital Cities slash ABC merger. So this was when the shareholders officially approved the agreement to merge Disney and Capital Cities slash ABC. Wow. Uh, which was a deal that they were working on since '95. It was a 19 billion dollar merger. And the reason I bring this up is because a lot of people don't realize Disney owns like almost everything. Yes. I mean, anything you watch on TV is basically owned by Disney. Like, <laughs> well, now that, especially anything. now that they bought 20th uh, Century Fox, 21st yeah, Century. Yeah, I mean, Fox? they just, they're yeah. the, one of the biggest conglomerates in the world, if not the biggest. Um, but this is when they acquired all or part ownership of more than two dozen television channels. And this include the History Channel, ESPN, A&E, Lifetime. Uh, they got 21 radio stations in this and more than 100 publications of various types. Wow. So 96 was like a big year uh, for them to acquire some of these things. But I mean, literally, if you anything you watch, if you just want to know, I wonder if Disney owns that, just Google it. They own literally everything. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, I'm going to take us back to the year 2016. Not that long ago, but five years ago now at this point. This week in 2016 was the last day for the Phineas and Ferb and Lightning and Mater character meets near the streets of america rip um as well as a a jeffrey's kiosk over there too but um they had to close these down to make room for galaxy's edge and the toy story land expansions coming to the park i truly don't remember a phineas and ferb how much i cared about those (laughs) (laughs) well phineas and ferb i know people like and that's fine i just i never really got too much into it i mean i've seen some episodes but like not enough and the Lightning and Mater character meets, I, I don't remember. I know that they exist over at Cars Land at Disney California Adventure, but I don't remember them over here. Yeah. At uh, I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell me. That's probably why they got rid of them. They're like, Galaxy's Edge is going to be way cooler. It is cool. Gosh, I was there today, and I know I've been there a couple of times, and or a bunch of times, and it's just Incredible. still, it doesn't get old for me. It's still so cool. Yeah. So cool. And Rise of the Resistance, man, I was like I paying know. attention today. I was trying to like actually focus and... 
I realized I was talking to myself while I was on it. But um, I was like, oh, this is so cool. It's literally, I'm the only one in my ride vehicle because I was alone in the park and then there was no one behind me because it was not busy. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just so dang cool. And I, I'm so fortunate. I feel so fortunate to be able to have done it a couple of times now. Well, two times, but I'll be back next week and I'm excited about it. Anyway, um, if you missed that and you want to follow things like that, make sure you're following us on Instagram at that park life podcast. Hey, if you want to like be a part of the show a little bit, we're always taking, um, if you notice, we're always kind of like looking for things and ways for you to contribute. One of them is if you want to share a cast member story, and this is a great idea that Beth brought up, um, it would be really cool to hear um, some of the really awesome moments and experiences you've had with a cast member. They did X, Y, and Z for you and they made a real magical moment. We want to hear your story and we want to share it. And I want to make sure you have an opportunity to submit that. You can go to our website and just look for a cast member moment and uh, share your story there. And if you don't want us to say your name or whatever, just let us know, but we will share your story with everybody. I think it's a cool way to uh, share some of the magic that happens that are kind of like small things that happen during your trip Yeah. that I, I think people would want to hear about. Little things add up to big things. So yes. we want to hear about it. Absolutely. Um, if you want to follow me personally, my Instagram account is at the Disney Greg. I'm at the healthy hot mess. Of course, um, we always appreciate a review. Please head over to iTunes. Leave us a review over there. Five stars is always the best. And if you want to put a little blurb, a little, uh, a little, we, I think you were, you describe it as a little, Hey, Hey, as to why, a little, hey, hey, and it won't, won't. <laughs> as to why you're yeah, giving it us just that. Helps us in our rankings is help. It helps our podcast get found more easily. So we appreciate it. If you guys want to head over there and do that. And I have a quote coming your way from Ms. Minnie Mouse, by the way, um, if you want to support our little dog and pony show here, you can do so via our Patreon account. Um, all of our patron subscribers have access to bonus episodes that we load just right there on the patron website. And um, they also have the close friends feature and Instagram to see some other things that we don't always post to the main account. All right. So a quote from Minnie. I was you know, thinking about Mickey Minnie today as I didn't do Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway, but I did go to the gift shop just to learn they sold out of their pen, even though I really want one. Anyway, um, Minnie once said, smile and let the world wonder why. And I thought, I you know go, what? Like, I could go one of two ways, you know? Yeah, well, I thought <laughs> I'm going to take it this way because I feel like maybe you're meaning it in a pervy way. But um, I, <laughs> I'm taking it to mean smile and maybe the world doesn't need to know why you're happy, but this, they are happy that you're happy. And uh, and smiles even if... Contagious, you know. Yeah, smiles are <laughs> contagious. Yes, it is contagious. Like hepatitis C. Is that what you meant? Is that what you were getting at? Yeah. Exactly what I meant. Yes. Anyway, that, that about does it for this week for that Park Life <laughs> podcast. Thank you for listening here and abroad. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. That was for the Australian people. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs>